Good morning. We're glad you're here at the Bridge Vanceburg campus. What a beautiful sight, a parking lot full of people and even into overflow. So that's an awesome thing. We're down into the yard and good thing for four wheel drives. Everybody moved down there. We appreciate you doing that, making way for the cars to be up here. Uh, it is a special day in the nation we're living in. Uh, for us to still be able to assemble together like this, we appreciate you staying in your cars, remaining in your cars uh, under the orders that we are under. Uh, but we are so grateful to have an opportunity to come together and worship and to witness uh, the goodness of God in our lives. And I'm wearing a hat today because I'm bald and it's a little bit colder out here and I want to protect the heat that's in my body that I do have. Uh, it probably won't last through my fingers through this sermon, but we're grateful for everything that is going on uh, here at the bridge. We're grateful for everybody that's here that showed up. Let's uh, give a good honk and let everybody in Apple Tree know we're here. Amen. Thank you for that. Uh, we're sorry to the people in the uh, apartments over here maybe that are trying to sleep. Hopefully not, but uh, if so, but they just got woke up. And uh, we do not mean to be disrespectful, but we are congratulating the goodness of God in our lives. So every honk is about uh, us knowing that God is with us. So today's sermon is entitled, A Bridge to Nowhere. And this message was something that it was on the agenda for the year. And looking through this, I had no idea what would be going on at this season in our world that we're living in. But here we are living in 2020 and was expecting 2020 to be a year where that God showed us how that the past would align with the future in an instant and how that he would give us insight and that uh, hindsight is 2020 and we all need to learn from our past but also we need to be prepared for the future and I don't want us to be going nowhere so the bridge to nowhere was actually a play on words to say that we need to be having a bridge to somewhere and I pray for everybody that's in the parking lot today to know God's will, to, for his will for your life, for you to know that, to you to be alive and aware of that, and that you would be able to know that he is following you, that he is chasing you, that he is uh, hunting you down to give you his will for your life so that you can do the things that he's called you to do. And as I was looking through this message and the tagline that I'd wrote about, below it back in November of last year, it said, are we wasting God's resources? Are we wasting God's resources? And as we look through that little term or that little sentence, I think it's appropriate to this week because a lot of people received a stimulus check from the government. Hopefully everybody did. If you didn't, wait on it. It'll be coming. And that is a resource that was given to you. And I love it that Dave Ramsey the great uh, finance coach, uh, one of the best I know in the nation, uh, wrote about how that you need to use that resource check or that stimulus check for four things and how that you need to protect your home, protect your food, protect those things. And he uh, put that in form where we can understand it. So people waste things. Can somebody say amen? Okay, everybody else is a liar. Anybody didn't honk. You all waste things. I waste things. Leslie wastes things. We all waste things. So as we're looking through this message, I want us to know today that these resources that God gives us, 
we should be mindful of everything that he's given us. And everything we have comes from God. Everything we have comes from God. Yes, I know I talked to somebody a while back and they said, well, it seems weird that God gives it to me whenever I get out and work for it and I get that check. But if he didn't give you the ability to get up and wake up in the morning to drive somewhere to make an employment, a job, and to receive the check, then yes, God gave it to you. God gives us everything we have. The Bible says that everything under the sun is God's, that it is all his, and we need to look to him and be thankful to him, and we need to be uh, just so happy that he's given us the ability to even think today, to even wake up and be cognitive of what's going on in the world that we're living in. So these resources God gives us, we need to take care of them. And the Bible is full of, of topics and full of verses that talks about being a good steward of the resources God's given us. But as I thought about that and thought about how wasteful we really are with the resources God's given us, I pray that you will use your stimulus check in a way that's pleasing to God, that is in a way that would do the things that he's asked you to do. But as that resource is coming, sure it costs the government a lot of money to send out those stimulus checks. But as I thought through this message the bridge to nowhere I went back and I've recalled you know back a few years ago I think it's about 2005 and during a, a campaign cycle and some things was going on and and people began to jump onto this bandwagon about a bridge to nowhere and they were calling out on politicians and saying they were wasting the government's resources and they were kindly angry about it they were kindly mad about it that they thought like the government was wasting and being wasteful and as they looked, it was a bridge up in Alaska. And, and it's a, kind of a crazy thing that they was proposing to build this bridge for $442 million to reach a town of 50 people. $442 million to build a bridge to reach a small little town of 50 people. And the whole world got on this topic of calling this the bridge to nowhere and it's easy for us sometimes to sit back in our judgment seats the seat of the scornful and call out everybody else for all their waste fraud and abuse and I just wonder if God looks down on us and says do you not understand that you're being wasteful too so every time they say that we point our finger at somebody else we have three pointing back at us I believe that to be true but think about it from the perspective of the 50 people living in that town. Maybe this bridge was going to allow them to get to a place where that they could come in and out and come and go with the freedoms and liberties that we have here in our society, in our town, in our region that we live in. And Up in Alaska, it's a wilderness. A bridge means more there than it does here. And I thank God for the bridges we have. And I grew up with bridges uh, all around me. And I remember when the Portsmouth Bridge was being built. And I, I remember when the other bridge was down in Maysville. And I remember when McDowell Creek Bridge was took, taken down and then built back. I thank God for bridges. Because bridges gives us a capability to reach a place that we wasn't able to reach before. 
So that's what this church is about, is about calling people to reach a place in your life, to reach a point in your life where that you can get and attain God in a real way, in a tangible way, where that you know He's with you. And you can build a bridge to Him, and He will build a bridge to you. He wants to meet you where you're at. And some people may look at that and say, well, that's a wasteful bridge. I know who that person is. I know what kind of life they live. I know what they've done before in their past. And they will think that it's wasteful upon God to waste a resource on you. And they can be critical. And I'll have to go back and say that shortly after this, the place where I was working down in Harlan County, Kentucky, and I was living in Bell County. And there's a little bitty road. It's about like maybe about like old Route 8 or something. And it's the only road that leads to Harlan. And as I drove by this road every day to go to work, there's this bridge that shoots off this little bitty road, and it's a bridge that would reach from here to the double-A highway. I don't know how many millions of dollars that bridge cost, but it's extremely tall, and it's really long. And that bridge goes to absolutely nowhere. It goes from that road, 119, to a side of a hillside that goes to nowhere. And I always looked at it and thought, man, what a waste. That's a bridge to nowhere. But now they've turned it into a sanctuary, and they've got it as a place for that there's, it's a, a place that you can go to, a refuge, and it's where the elk are down in Harlan County. Sometimes bridges are built for future, not for present. What if we look at God and say, God, what kind of bridge are you building in my life for my future, not just my present? What if we would open up our hearts and say, God, I will allow you to build whatever bridge you desire, whatever bridge you wish, and I won't look at it as a waste of resources from you to me, but I will look at it and say, I know that God is preparing a way. I know that God is making a way into my future. That's what the year 2020 is going to be about for you. Sure, God has given us this season where we slow down a little bit. And I think it's taking us back. I said it at the beginning of the year on the New Year's Eve service. That year 2020 was going to be about looking backwards. To seeing our past and using the hindsight and letting God use our past to build a bridge to our future. I believe he's doing that. We shouldn't regret we shouldn't look at this and say, poor pitiful me that I'm going through this. Take this moment of slowness where that you've slowed down in your life and quit being so uh, running to and fro and doing all the things that you thought was important to you. But now God is giving you a reset that you can see how important your family is. He's giving you a reset so you can see how important that the community is to you. There was times, I told somebody the other day, that there was times that sometimes I would go four or five weeks and not go see mom and dad up at their house. I would see mom at church. I would, I would, she would FaceTime me or something. I would hear dad's voice, and I would talk back and forth with him. But now that this is happening, it's like I've got a longing to go see them more, but I can't. Isn't it funny how that we think sometimes things, and we thought what well, wasn't important, now all of a sudden it become important. So now I go up and I sit and talk to him from the porch. 
Mom talked about and told her the day that her little new grand, great grandbaby was born, little Sky, baby Sky, and they brought her up and they let her play in the gravels out in the yard. They wouldn't let her come up on the porch, and Mom was accustomed to holding her great grandbaby. But here we are in a situation, and it causes us to long for the things that God is showing us is important. So I pray that this reset gives us the ability to understand a different world when we come out of this. That we will truly know what God deems important in our life versus what we feel is important. So as I thought about this verse, these verses, and, and it's in Acts chapter 16. It's, it's the Apostle Paul, and he's, he's heading out on this missions journey, and he's heading up through this part of the country, and he's going to go reach people groups that had never heard the gospel of Jesus yet. And he takes off on this travel, and he gets a companion with him, and he goes up through here. And as Paul's traveling along, he's got his ideal of where he wants to go. He's got his thinking of what he wants to do and what he wants to accomplish. But in the midst of this situation, he's going up through here and it says the Spirit of Jesus would not allow him to go there. It's the great Macedonian call where that all of a sudden Paul gets this longing and God shows up in the middle of the night and gives him a vision and says, go here. And Paul takes off on this journey and he goes over to this place and he meets this lady down by the creek side and she's down there washing clothes and got people there with her and he begins to explain Jesus to her. And as he begins to detail the things that Jesus had done, that he gave his life so that she could have life. There was a longing on the inside of her that she knew that there was something void, that there was something vacant, that there was something lacking. And as this happened, this lady, Lystra, she was there. And she heard these words. And she listened intently. And she believed the words that Paul was preaching. And as she believed, the Bible says that she was baptized. She became a believer in Jesus Christ in an instant. And sometimes these little outreached areas, these unreached areas, these places that's no man's land, and sometimes we feel like that's who we are as Lewis County, that we get left out, that we get left behind, that there's not enough here. But guess what? I wouldn't trade this place for any place on earth. I would not trade this home of mine for anywhere. I love Lewis County. I don't feel left out because God is here with us. And if he's with us, it's enough, folks. We shouldn't feel any kind of envy or strife or I wouldn't want to be in Jefferson County for nothing right now. I love this hometown of mine. Don't you? Sorry to the people watching on Facebook Live. Wherever you're from, love that place. Love your home. Love that place where you're at. And even though sometimes some people may call it a God-forsaken place and they may say your, your hometown don't matter or it's not important or it doesn't deserve the tax base and all this different stuff, even though they begin to say those things, guess what? If God be for you, who can be against you? If God's desire is to bless you, they can't stop the windows of heaven and being opened and the blessings of God being poured out on your life. If God comes through, nobody can stop it. So as we look through this, a bridge to nowhere, some people think that maybe you're not important enough to receive the things of God. But if God desires to reach you, 
he will find a way. He will find a way. And if there is no way, he will make a way. And the Bible talks about a highway in the wilderness. The Bible, the Old Testament prophets spoke about that, that there would be a highway coming through a wilderness. A wilderness is a place where nobody lives. A wilderness is a place that's destitute. It's, it's, it's just so dilapidated that there's no reason to be there. But sometimes God goes through no man's land to get to you. Sometimes he goes through a place and a, and a, and a region that maybe everybody else will say, that's not important. That's a bridge to nowhere. But if he's trying to reach me, I'm important enough that he would give his son for me then guess what I must be pretty important what resources are you wasting and that's where I come to this point do you know that God values you as a valuable resource every person sitting here today Every person listening to this message, I want to tell you today boldly, I boldly profess this to you and confess this to you, that God deems you as a valuable resource. There's nobody here that's unvaluable to God. There's nobody here that he don't care about. There's nobody here that he is not trying to reach out and touch. There's nobody here that he's looking and saying, well, they're never worth it. They'll never be worth that. There ain't no reason to me even go there. He's building a bridge to your life whether you know it or not. And other people may call you a no man's land or other people may say you're not worthy of God's calling. But guess what? He sent his son to die for you. He sent his son Jesus to hang on a cross. And as he hung on that cross that day, he, you and I was on his mind. He had us in his thoughts and he carried the sin of the world upon his shoulders that day. Why? Because we couldn't carry that cross. I love it in 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul says this in chapter 6. Do you not realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God brought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. You were bought with a price. The price was Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He bought you by his own blood. The blood of bulls and goats, it says in Hebrews, could not obtain heaven for you. But guess what? Jesus could. He gave his blood and sacrificed it on that cross of Calvary for you and me. That's the greatest bridge that was ever built. And the Satan and, and the devil in hell may have looked at you and said, you're not worthy, and I'm kicked out of heaven. But guess what? He may look to you and said, you're not worthy of God's Son. But guess what? God saw fit to send His Son Jesus, and Jesus chose to do that. He said, nobody can take my life. I lay it down for my brothers, my friends. As Jesus chose that path, it may look... Like to everybody else, it was a bridge to nowhere. But to God, it was a bridge to everywhere. I said to God, it was a bridge to everywhere. He built a bridge through His Son Jesus that wasn't just for the Jews. It just wasn't just for those in Israel it wasn't just for a certain particular country it was for the world for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who would ever believe on him would not have death but have everlasting life don't you thank God for Jesus today aren't you glad that he sent his son and built a bridge to you 
That price was a high price. Honor God with your body. Honor God with your being. So my question in this message is, where are you going? Where are you going? Some people just go nonchalantly through life and they just take it as it comes and never really plan anything, never really think about anything, never really ask God or pray to God for direction and they just do whatever they want to do. If it seems right, it feels right, then I'll do that. I'm asking you today, where are you going? And in saying that, I'm asking you, are you praying that God, that gave his son, Jesus, for you, are you praying to him and asking him, if Jesus gave me life, where should I be going? What should I be doing? Because I really believe in our church, this church called The Bridge, that we bridge age gaps. There's kids here that's newborn sitting in these cars. There's kids here that go to elementary school when it was open a few months ago. There's kids here that are teenagers. There's kids here that's in middle school. There's 20-year-old people sitting in this parking lot today. There's 30-year-olds here. There's people in their 40s. There's people in their 50s, in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. We are a church that bridges gaps, and we don't look at anybody, and we don't take upon any age group and say we're going to tend to that one and the only that one. We're only going to look for these type of people. I believe God built a bridge to everybody. I believe that church should be a place that little babies can enjoy. I believe church should be a place that kids can come and love God and love people. I believe that church should be a place that youth can come to a youth group and love each other and, and break down barriers. I love it that our youth group is a place where that people, no matter it don't matter what your economic background is it don't matter how much money your parents make you can come no matter who you are to youth group i love that about our youth that it's not about this or that it's about loving god and loving people and god is asking us to be a bridge to somebody and i'm asking you today where are you going and why are you going there it should be to reach it should be to connect And I know this today that God is telling us in this place, in this season, at this time, He's telling us that you are a bridge to reach others. You are my connection point to reach your neighbor down the street. You are my connection point to go out and love on that person that seems unlovable. You are my connection point that I'm going to use to touch people's lives. You can be a blessing to somebody this week. Where are you going and why are you going? How are you going to get there? That's really important. Sometimes God tells you where to go, just like he did the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 16. He tells you, here's where I need you to go. 
And Apostle Paul was probably sitting there that day and, and it tells the story. You need to read Acts chapter 16 and he's, he's there and God tells him where to go and as he's looking around, he's thinking, you know what? That sounds like a good story and it sounds like a good place to go. Why go to Macedonia? I don't understand what God's going to have me to do when I get there, but I'm going to go because he asked me to. And he takes off on this journey and he goes through boats and he, he gets through all these different ways and they hike and they go through this land. And I'm sure it looked God forsaken at times, but whenever you have the destiny of God on your life, whenever you know that his favor is upon you, whenever you know that you're traveling in a direction that he's called you, you don't look back with thanks. You don't look back and say, poor pitiful me. You thank God that he's given you direction. You thank God that you can hear the voice of God. Does anybody out there know what I'm talking about? When God calls you, he equips you to do the work of the ministry, it says. And he's doing that with you and I today. And the question is, how are we going to get there? Whatever way possible. Amen? Whatever way possible. How am I going to get to where God wants me to go? I'm going to do it however he wants me to do it. If he takes me by a boat, if he takes me by a canoe, if he takes me by train, if he takes me by plane, if he takes me by automobile, whatever he wants to do, however he wants to get me there, I just want to be in the center of God's will, don't you? I want to find myself understanding God and sensing God and knowing his presence is with me and knowing he's here with me and getting through life, knowing there's a plan, knowing there's a reason, knowing there's a purpose that God has me here. How are you going to get there? whatever way he sees fit in getting you there. All throughout the month of May, we're going to be doing a sermon series at the church. It's evangelistic in nature. It's, a, it's something I'm really looking forward to and I have been looking forward to and it's a thing called Go 2020. The sermon series entitled Go 2020. And when I looked into this, this is a something that it's one of the first times in history that I've witnessed in my Christian life and even studying Christian history that churches of all denominations have joined together. And they, they planned this back in 2019 and they had this thing called Go 2020. And they was going to unleash the church on the world in unanimous unity of Christ with a gospel message that's really simple that Jesus hung upon a cross died a sinner's death laid in the grave and just as last week he come out victorious over death hell in the grave didn't he but he did that for the newness of life and there's people that are lost, that are undone, that does not know Jesus. And this sermon series for a month, they've planned on this for a year, over a year. And we're going to do a Go 2020. I think when they was planning this, they didn't understand. They didn't know what we'd be going through at this moment. And here we are confined to our homes. Here we are on lockdown. And we're going to be talking about going. But guess what? God made resources available to us today that really, I, there wouldn't be this many people in this church building today if we wasn't doing this like this uh, driveway church, drive-in church. So God has given us avenues to reach more people than we've ever reached before. Why? Because it's His plan, not ours. It's His, it's His will for us to get outside of those walls and come out and love God and love people wherever we're at. 
So we may have thought about and intended to do certain things in certain ways called Go 2020. And what if it's a bridge to somewhere? Then it's not a bridge to nowhere. And sure, we could sit back in our house and say, yeah, but I planned on doing it this way. Yeah, but God, I wanted to do this. I wanted to go there. I wanted to go over here. I wanted to go witness to this person. I wanted to go witness to that person. He said, do you not understand that you should go witness to who I tell you to witness to? Do you not understand that it's my will, it's my way? And he's asking us today, are we looking? Jesus one time in John chapter 4, he was looking at his disciples and he was traveling through this region and he was traveling to Samaria. And it was a place that everybody said, that's a God-forsaken place. The Jews wouldn't even go through that way. They hated that road. They hated those people. And Jesus with his 12 disciples, Ernie one time he stepped out and he took off down this road and I can imagine those disciples saying, why are we going this way? This is the way of the Gentiles. This is the way of the Samaritans. Why are we going to go through here? And Jesus said, hang with me for a little bit. And Jesus travels down this road and he gets outside the city and they're hungry and the disciples take off and they leave him sitting here by this well. And he meets this woman, this woman of Samaria, and as he talks to her and he witnesses to her and he tells her some things about her life, she goes back in the city and it says she tells everybody in the city, he knows everything about me. And it says the people of the city believed it when they heard and they come out and they saw Jesus and they talked to him. And it says he remained there two days. Jewish people were not supposed to go there. It was a bridge to nowhere. But guess what? Somebody was important enough to Jesus for him to go out of his way and go a new direction. Are you willing to do that? Which makes you uncomfortable. Are you willing to get outside of your comfort zone and say this don't feel right, this don't seem right and because of my uh, willingness to only get through life doing what I want to do, I'm going to change course and I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I hope and pray that that's what we come to today. And Jesus, later on in this story, he tells his disciples when they're walking away from this town that it, pretty much everybody there had gotten saved. Wouldn't you love to see Lewis County come to a working knowledge of Jesus Christ? Where that he is real in people's lives? The last census in 2010, there was 13,835 people living in this county. About 3,000 of them attend church. There's 10,000 people that will die and go to a devil's hell in our county if somebody don't reach them, if somebody don't get out of our comfort zone, if somebody don't go out to those that seem like ain't worthy, that don't make no difference, but God is saying, go, go, go for me. The question is, will we? Are you willing to be uncomfortable so that others may know Jesus Christ. And sure, will it bring persecution? Absolutely. There's always persecution. There's always been persecution of Christians. 
I think about the people that wrote the Bible in English that burned at the stake, Wycliffe and all those, they, Tyndall, and they, they burned them at a stake so that you could read your Bible in writing in English. They suffered for the gospel's sake. Why? Because God calls us to go for the uncomfortable. God calls us to do the impossible. I'm begging of you today, pray to God for his direction for your life. Jesus told his disciples standing outside the city, he said, it was spring and it's springtime, kind of like right now. And told him, he said, look out. Look out through there. Sure, you say that harvest comes four months later. But guess what? The harvest is now. The harvest is now. And Jesus said the fields are wide unto harvest and pray for labors. And he tells his disciples that he asks them and calls them to reach out and go out and begin to harvest. Today is the day of harvest. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Don't wait four months. Don't say it's later. Don't say it's sometime off in the future. Go now. I hope and pray that what we are lacking the boldness that we are lacking, the faith that we are lacking. Jesus told us to go be bold as lions and harmless as doves. We're to have some boldness about us as Christians, not offensive. I'm not asking you to go offend people. Show them the love of Jesus. Show them the real true Jesus, a Jesus that cares about them. And maybe they're living in a lifestyle that's unpleasing to God. Maybe they're caught up and they're addicted to drugs and they have issues going on. And maybe they're an alcoholic. Maybe they're a, a wife beater. Maybe, maybe they got all these issues and all society's looking out and saying they're not worthy of God building a bridge to them. And what if we would look at them through Jesus' eyes and he was hanging on a cross and saying they're worthy. I'll hang on this cross even if it's for them. And he did it for you and I. And how can we hold this gift that we have and not know that we're bought with a price and not be willing to go out and to proclaim Jesus? My altar call today is this. I want to ask everyone listening to commit today to stop wasting God's resource. And that resource is you. That resource is that spouse sitting with you in that car. That resource is those that are sitting over beside of you. Maybe they've been passing you some notes and telling you how much they love you here at church. Maybe they've been smiling. Maybe they've been waving. And I'm telling you today that there's not one resource in this group, in this congregation today, that God does not count as valuable. You were bought with a price, and the price was his son. He says you're worthy. Whether you feel it, whether you think so or not, I'm telling you it's true. God says you're worthy. Let's commit to him today that we won't waste this resource any longer. That we will quit doing what we want to do and we'll do what he calls us to do.
I feel like maybe there's some people here that God's been calling you and God's been drawing you and God's been asking you. He's been meeting you where you're at and He's asking you to give your life to Him. And during this season, during this time that you don't understand what's going on and you think, well, maybe a later date, maybe a time future, down the future. That's the way I used to do. But I'm here to tell you today, I remember what it was like to not be a Christian. Over 20 years ago, I thought that I would live forever. I thought that my life would be an eternity and I would just go on and keep on doing. And I'd come to God at a later date out of my life. Because I thought I'm going to have to give up something if I become a Christian. Can anybody in here say that that's true? Amen. How many feels like that's true for you? You didn't come to God. You're with Him now. But you didn't come to Him because you thought, I don't want to give up everything I have. I'll do it later. But here God met you where you was at. And when He lifted that weight off your shoulders, when He lifted that burden of sin off of your life, you felt a freedom that you never knew possible. And whenever you come into this church thing and you become into this Christianity, you begin to sense and you begin to know, man, I didn't give up anything. I gained everything. Anybody say amen. I, get, I didn't give up anything. I give up an old sinful life. Behold, the old way has passed away and all things become new. Guess what? I got everything. I got the Son of God living on the inside of me. And I'm so glad I did. And I'm begging you as a preacher today, don't wait. Don't tarry. Don't say sometime in the future. Make a decision today to follow Jesus. And to say today is a good day for salvation. Today is the day of salvation. And maybe you've been running. And you didn't want to get saved. And Maybe there's other people here that have been saved. And maybe you grew up in church. And maybe you come to an altar once upon a time. And maybe you come to a place where that you knew Jesus. But you've walked away from him. And you know you're distant from him. And you know you've turned your back on him. And you feel and sense and know right now that the Holy Spirit is moving. We don't have to be inside of a building for this to happen. We don't have to kneel at an altar for this to happen. You can pray right there where you're at and the God of heaven will come down inside of you and fill that car and he will fill your soul and he will fill everything about you. He is a God who refreshes, who restores, who makes new. And even if you've abandoned him, even if you've walked away from him, even if you've turned your back on him, he's asking you today, come back home, just like the prodigal son. So if you would, bow your heads and close your eyes. Don't worry about what other people in the car there with you are thinking. Don't worry about what the people in the cars next to you may think. God is getting real personal right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come. And that you would draw. God, I know that your word says that you would quicken mortal bodies.
there's mortal bodies sitting here today. And in their humanity, they know they're lost. They know they're undone without you. And they know that if they were to perish today, that they would split hell wide open. But they can sense you moving in their life right now. And they're asking you, God, as their heart is beating at this very moment, they're asking you, oh God. Their heart's cry is, God, build a bridge. God, come out of nowhere and reach them right where they're at. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come, that you would fill their cars, that you would fill their homes, that you would fill that living room even now, that the Holy Spirit would come there in such a tangible way, that the refreshing would come. And God, as they commit themselves to you today, that that new birth that Jesus talked about will become a reality in their life. Nobody can come unless they're born again. We know that's true. Father, I pray that there is new births all over our county, all over our country, all over our world by people that hear and people that believe, from people that confess and they claim you as Lord of their life. pray all these things in Jesus' name. It's really simple. You don't have to repeat the exact same prayer as me. Basically, all you have to say is, Lord, I'm broken. I'm undone. I know I can't get to heaven, but I need you to build a bridge to me. I need you to come, God, right here where I'm at. And as you pray that prayer, I promise you, He will do just that. He will not leave you. He will not abandon you. He will not forsake you. He promised He would not. I'm telling you, if your heart's cry is to turn your life over to Him, He will meet you right where you're at. And from this day forward, you're going to be changed. It's going to be radical. You're going to be able to call some people and you're going to be able to call and talk to some people that you wish you that you, that you had an opportunity before to call and tell them, I'm a Christian. Today I gave my life to Jesus and it changed everything. I know on my way home when I got saved that night, I couldn't wait for the opportunity to call my Aunt Mary that's sitting here in this parking lot and I, I had to call her and I had to tell her, Aunt Mary, I'm so proud. Today I gave my life to Jesus. I called mom and I called others. 
I long for that day and I pray today that you'll have the boldness to do that. Reach out to us here at the church and we'll be glad to help you in whatever ways we can. We want to we help you in your discipleship journey. But let somebody know. Call somebody today and tell them, I got right with Jesus. And man, does it feel good. Amen.